It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off-limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome to another edition of I'll Hang Up and Listen. Everybody, I am Dwayne, the host of Two Goalies, One Mike. Uh, coming at you live here late at 12.10 in the morning. 12.10 on Wednesday morning. Sorry for getting out here as late as I did. Ran into some hiccups, but I did say I was going to go live, so I wanted to make sure I go live. For those of you who stuck around, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, big win tonight for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, fourth in a row. Second on the road uh, the road trip uh, against the St. Louis Blues, a game where they were completely hot, right, jumped right out of the gates, quick three nothing lead, uh, quickly turned that into four uh, nothing to start the second period, and you know slowly but surely allowed St. Louis to kind of creep their way back in, and we all know how badly how bad Buffalo has been this season when it comes to protecting leads. Well, that. Didn't happen this time. They were able to close it out with an empty net goal from Dylan Cousins, five to three, um, and just a delight because I am not a fan of Jordan Bennington. So anytime we can really stick it to him uh, is a good night in my opinion. Uh, as a Sabres fan, um, not as good as being the Leafs, but always a good time when you can really ruin that guy's uh, ruin that guy's night. So uh, with that being said. Um, Sabres win five to three. Another like all-star performance from Tage Thompson. Tage had three three points on the night. Um, and honestly, you know, people have kind of said he's been a little bit on a slump as of late. Um, I tend to disagree. Yeah, maybe sometimes the puck isn't going always always going to hit the back of the net for him. But like that guy just does things almost every time he's out on the ice. That is just insanely athletic and insanely elite. Uh, whether it's using his body to protect pucks, using his bodies to to you know to retrieve pucks, just his massive frame and size, his like, and then just couple that with his skill and speed and skating ability. There aren't many guys in the league that, if any at all, that have the combination of attributes that Tage Thompson has, and just his ability to uh, you know put that all together every single night and put on the performance he does every single night. You know, it's gotten to the point here in Buffalo where everything he does, it's it's just not surprising anymore. It's not. You know, when he makes one of these, like, kind of 
jaw-dropping plays where he stick land, stick handling through traffic, you know, finding somebody on the uh, somebody back door or himself off a pass from Alex Tuck, where you know toe drag patience waits for the goalie, pulls the goalie in up position and puts it at the back. It's just not even surprising anymore for us because we've been seeing it so often. It's just like it's like oh holy holy shit you know great I mean you know unbelievable play unbelievable goal from Tage Thompson, but at the end of the day like it's just becoming such a common common theme for us to see from him and it's awesome you know it, it it's fun to see um, you know Rasmus Dahlin getting his 14th goal this season um, I believe I saw during the telecast that this is he'll be the second player in Sabres history to potentially end a season at a, a point or more per game pace uh the first being Phil Hosley who did it twice um again just uh two players on this team in both Tage Thompson and Rasmus Dahlin who night in night out show up to play and never seem to let you down you know and, and, and again it's it's awesome to have between him, Skinner, Tuck, Cousins, um, you know, you're going to have Olsen and potentially, again, you know, Darlene. We have potentially six 20-goal scorers on this team. And then potentially, you know, if all these players keep up the pace that they're playing at, you could have four to five 30-goal scorers. Remember when we used to struggle just to have one 30-goal score? We might have four or five. That's nuts. That's absolutely nuts. Insane. So, uh, you know, to go over the box score here real quick, Tage Thompson with a goal and two assists, Jeff Skinner with two uh, two points with a goal and assist, and a goal assist to Alex Tuck, who, again, um, I believe now is up to, let's take a look at his stat line for the season. He is still more than a point per game player, 51 points in 46 games, and as a saver, which this has been absolutely insane. 91 points. Actually, it might be more now after today. Let me see here if I can do some basic math in my head. Yep, it's 91 points in 97 games as a Buffalo Sabre. That's nuts. And I, I tweeted it out earlier, too, about this. And, I, you know, it's always fun to take a jab at him whenever we have, when it, when have the opportunity. But... Jack Eichel only has, and I say only, you know, it's like it's nothing, but only has 59 points in 69 games. You know, he hasn't stayed healthy. Um, you know, he's had some injuries, which every player deals with it. But, you know, that was one of the fears about that, you know, about Buffalo bringing him back uh, or allowing him to get surgery is will he stay healthy? Um, again, you know, Alex Tuck has proven, even after the shoulder surgery that he had, that kept him out. For, uh, you know, most of last season or half of last season, uh, actually, um, he's proven that he can stay healthy and uh, has done so um, and has produced at almost a point per game place since coming to the Buffalo Sabres and at more than a point per game place uh, this season alone. So, you know, a couple clicks for him because it's he's just been a breath of fresh air um, on and off the ice because you can just tell that, you know, he's a voice that's listened to in the locker room. He's a guy that, you know, just like Darlene, the players tend to generate towards. And that's something that's just been missing from Buffalo for a very, very, very long time. Uh, and excited to have it back. So 
Um, just to go over the rest of that box score real quick here. Uh, again, Alex Tuck with a goal and assist. Uh, Cousins with a goal, uh, the last goal on the empty net. Yoki Haru getting on the board with an assist. Akposa with an assist. Paterka with a great pass uh, uh, for one of his assists. I want to say that was maybe the Skinner goal. Or no, it was the Owen Power goal, right? The Owen Power goal. Uh, great, great pass back door uh, to find Owen Power sitting on the doorstep. Uh, and to see Owen Power to continuously, he does that kind of stuff all season too, by the way, where he sneaks to the front of the net. Uh, you know, he's not afraid to be aggressive. Um, we used to see it at Michigan all the time, uh, the way he was coached there. So it's nothing new to see Owen Power drive to the net like that. It's not out of the norm for him. It's just finally starting to pay off. Um, Matias Samuelson getting uh, an assist. And, of course, as I mentioned, Owen Power with a goal. His second on the season, his second as, in as many games. Um, but with that being said, again, Sabres got kind of sloppy um, after they went up 4-0. Um, they started to play very conservative. Uh, you know, maybe even taking too many chances. not like the fact they were trying to play on their heels and protect a four-goal lead. They just got kind of sloppy. We're giving pucks away and just allowing um, the Blues to get back into it. Uh, which, again, you know, they tend to have done this season. They've given up a lot of two, especially two goal leads this year and allowed teams to get back into it, either win, force overtime, or just make games a lot more interesting than they should have been. Uh, for the Blues tonight, uh, Falk with two assists, Tony uh, Tori Krug with two assists, uh, Barbashev with a goal, uh, Jordan Cairo with a goal. I love I love Jordan Cairo too, by the way. Very fun player to watch. Nick Letty with an assist. Saad with an assist. Braden Shen with a goal. And then Jordan Bennington with 26 saves on 30 shots against. Also forgot to uh, shout out uh, UPL with 25 saves on 28 shots for uh, an 893 save percentage tonight. Uh, three goals against. Um, yeah. Yeah. Excuse me, guys. I apologize. Uh, but, you know, again, another outstanding performance from UPL. The other night, uh, Craig Anderson gave uh, – or not the other night, sorry. Yes, the, the night before, Craig Anderson gave me them a fantastic performance. Your goaltenders are performing, you know, very well. And, you know, it's going to – I don't know how the goalie situation is going to pan out a week or two weeks from now. Uh, right now, it kind of seems that Eric Comrie is on the outside looking in of this uh, – this three goalie rotation. Um, he's really got to do his best to play himself back into the rotation whenever, with, with whenever uh, Don Granado gives him another opportunity, you know, whenever that might be. So we got some comments here in the peanut gallery. Dwayne, uh, where are you at, dude? Sorry for the late show. Uh, I was a little, a little bit late tonight. Uh, some technical difficulties, but glad we can get on. I promise you guys I would come on tonight and I am a man of my word. We are not completely back yet. Still need to learn to keep the foot on the gas. 100% agree, Matt. Uh, again, you, you can't. And it's not like they were just not trying to be aggressive. They were just getting sloppy. Uh, lots of giveaways, you know, lots of, uh, you know, lost puck battles, uh, especially in the neutral zone, um, for sure. Owen Power has two goals in the last two games. Go Sabres. You're absolutely right, bud. Got his first goal, then kept it going. Uh, first goal of the season and kept it going tonight. Uh, just remember Jack Eichel. Screw Jack Eichel. He did. He did. So, um, and happy to see it. Who 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 doesn't? So, 
Um, next on the schedule, I believe their next game would be, I mean, technically today is Friday. So I want to say tomorrow against the, uh, let's take a look. It's, I think it was like a four game, uh, road trip for the Sabres. And I want to say they have the Jets. That's correct. The Jets tomorrow being, uh, tomorrow would be Thursday night against the Jets, eight o'clock in Winnipeg. Um, what would what, what one would wonder if that is a game they gave Eric, Eric Comrie um, to get him back into the rotation and to see where his game is at right now, or do you kind of keep going with the hot hands of your UPL and Comrie? Um, again, I I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. I I, um, I tend to I tend to just you 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 play Comrie once one of these two goalies kind of falters and plays himself out of position. Um, I, I, I'm, I, I am like, you know, with us being so close to a wild card position right now, right on the heels of the Pittsburgh Penguins. For me, I'm, I'm the type that's, you know, no, let's let, let's, let's keep going with the hot hands here. Uh, you know, don't falter from that. Don't waver from that. And just keep allowing your two goaltenders in this rotation to keep getting you wins. Keep stacking you wins because, again, we are nipping at the heels of the Pittsburgh Penguins right now, and every point matters at this point. So um, I would just – if it were me, I would wait for one of these two guys to really play themselves out of the position or, you know, have a very questionable game before you put Eric Comrie back in that. But that's just my opinion. I could totally see them giving this game then uh, tomorrow or technically tomorrow. Um against the Winnipeg Jets, uh, his former team. But we'll see. And then they play again. They play the Wild in Minnesota on um, Saturday. 9 p.m. game. Uh, it's a little Sabres after dark action. And then they come back home uh, next week, February 1st, against the Carolina Hurricanes. And I do know we have a Toronto game really like coming. Actually, not even coming up soon, man. Come on. We gotta wait till the friggin' twenty first to get to get the Maple Leafs, and I don't even. Oh, we will have them at home though. At least we will have the Maple Leafs at home, so that's a big deal. I hope that's a goat head night uh, because I just uh, I will one thousand percent be there. You you couldn't keep me out of the stands for that game, especially if it's a goat head night, and you give the fans the opportunity to reminisce how awesome that rivalry was. Rivalry was. Back in the mid to late '90s, uh, early 2000s, when these teams were absolutely rolling, rolling against uh, against the Leafs, and just honestly dominating the Leafs. I know, you know, Hashik had their number, and then Miller had their number too. And Miller even made a comment of how great it was, the feeling he would give the fans the the, the morning after they beat the Leafs the night before. You know, and it was so cool that he kind of concluded that in his speech, but. Uh, Again, but still, some tough games coming up. Uh, you know, the Winnipeg Jets um, are second in the Central Division. Kind of a surprise team, um, considering that they've been going through a lot of, like, internal issues between, uh, I think it was Blake Wheeler had the C stripped off of him. Or was it Mark Shifley? I, th- I want to say I want to say it was Blake. I, I can't remember. Uh, they, they stripped the captain off of one, the captain off one of uh, one of the two of them. 
before the season started, there was a lot of question marks about whether this team still had it, what, what it took, you know, internally, the core players they have to, to be a playoff contending team this year. Well, they're second in the central division right now. So they're really in a good spot. Um, even though they lost, uh, lost tonight, two to one to the, uh, Winnipeg or to the national predators, um, uh, two to one in regulation. So the jets fall to 31, 17 and one while the predators go to 23, 18 and six. Um, Again, Winnipeg is full of like great, great players. I mentioned a couple of them: Mark Shifley, uh, you know, Blake Wheeler, um, Kyle Connor, uh, Nikolai Ehlers, you know, and then obviously you have Connor Hellebuck and Nat Ooze, one of the best goaltenders in the world. A guy that you, you know, anytime you go up against him, you know, it's going to be a low-scoring game. That you know, his his numbers this year. He's a big reason why they're in the situation they're in. He's a big reason why um, they are second in the central. And, you know, many who peg them to be a team that would fall out of a playoff spot this year, he is the reason why they will probably be in a playoff spot this year uh, out of the West. So, um, and again, you have guys on this team that, you know, need no introduction. You know, you don't, you don't need to – you know, you know, uh, you know, you don't need to, uh, you always know that their names are the guy, they're the guys going to be circled on the roster in the locker rooms. Like these are the guys we got to keep going. Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, you know, Connor. Um, however, I think they're, no, they're not, no, they're not dealing with injuries. No, they still have Shifley in the lineup, still have Blake Wheeler in the lineup. Um, yeah, there's definitely, um, a lot of guys you got to keep an eye on when they're out there and be aware that when they're on the ice because uh, very high-skilled hockey team and unbelievable in that. Um, so that will be a tough game too, especially, again, assuming you get Connor Hellebuck uh, between the pipes. And then um, later on in the week on Saturday uh, when you play against the Wild, again, another team that provides a very admirable um, matchup for the, for the Sabres. The Wild are a very tough, gritty, physical hockey team. And again, another team that lost, you know, last night, they lost the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, no shame in that. The Tampa Bay Lightning have been a team that you just kind of slot into play in the finals almost every year out of the East, um, or at least compete to be in the finals at the very least uh, every single season. Um and that's no different this year at 30, 15, and one. Uh, the Tampa, or not Tampa, the, the Minnesota Wild currently sit at 25, 17, and four. Um, and again, they're a very physical hockey team and a very high end hockey team. Um, you know, uh, you know, Erickson, EK, Boldy, who just got a massive extension, Kaprizov, uh, Kirill, the thrill. I don't have to tell you guys. He is an absolute delight to watch. Uh, Middleton's a great hockey player. Brodeen, uh, there's again a great lineup altogether, you know. And you know, Mark Andre Fleury in net. Um, again, just a, a big reason why they're having the season they're having. So um, you know, and who doesn't love them some Mark Andre Fleury? I really do hope we get him between the pipes. You know, for you know, out of the season that they've had so far, he's 14, 10, and three. But, uh, you know, average numbers, you know, 295 goals against, uh, 903 save percentage. Again, 
not the numbers you normally used to see on a Mark Andre Fleury, but you know, this isn't as strong of a team that he's played on in, in, in the past, but he's always, he's always played more than well enough for this team, for, for this Minnesota wild team to win. Um, and again, they're, they're a tough, they're a tough team. They're a tough physical hockey team and they are going to provide uh, us with a, quite a tough matchup, uh, you know, come Saturday, Saturday night, again at the very tail end of this road trip. So, Buffalo might be a little gassed from, you know, being out on the road for a week and a half. So uh, I would not be surprised if that would be the game that they drop would be against the wild, just because they, they might be gassed a little bit. However, I would predict a win here. Um, I just don't, I look up and down their lineup and I don't know how deep they are, if they're deep enough. Um, Even though I do think normal under normal state, they do, they would match up well against Buffalo. I just think the Sabres are an absolute heater right now, and they're rolling. And all you know, three at least three out of their four lines are performing very well. You know, Tyson Yost, uh, Yost, um, Middlestat, and Olafson tonight. You know, even though uh, Olafson's goal streak ended, um, still had a good game. Um, I remember their response. Uh, you know, Granado threw them out right after they made it four to two. And they maintained uh, offensive zone pressure and puck possession in the offensive zone for the better part of two minutes. Um, a good response to them cutting the lead in half. And, you know, uh, they've been performing extremely well five on five, you know, for well over a month now. One of the better lines in the league at five on five. Uh, in terms of preventing goals from going in while they're out there. And, you know, I guess if you want to get analytical, their expected goals for uh, per 60 minutes, uh, one of the better lines out there uh, over the last month. So I, uh, you know, I, like, again, I, you're always going to want to make improvements um, to this lineup. Um, one thing about Victor Olofsson for me is a month ago, I was all about training him, get him off the team. Um, you know, when his value gets hot, trade him. Now I kind of look at it, it's like, man, he's performing at a very elite level right now. It's hard for me if I'm Kevin Adams to justify getting rid of that guy when you're are making a playoff push. You know, he still has a year left on his deal. It's not like you're you're in a situation where you have to trade him because he's going to be a rental. He still has a year left on the deal. So I mean, maybe yeah, you do keep him around. Yeah, I would not be against that. Um, there are other ways to improve this team without having to trade players like Victor Olsen. You have a ton of cap space you can use, weaponize a little bit. Um, and I've again, I've been a big advocate for improving yourself down the middle and improving your blue line. I think you leave the the, the net alone for now. Um, I think you have a good thing going right now. You you found an answer at least for the time being. Leave that alone. Let that continue to develop and blossom. Um, but those are the two positions I would like to see them improve is down the middle at the, at the center position and on their blue line, find a true second pairing defenseman for Owen power to play with, ha, find his Samuelson, so to speak, you know, um, the way, you know, how much Samuelson has helped Darlene blossom. I mean, a big part of that is Granado, but and Samuelson being there, being that calming presence on the blue line, that, that rock defensively that allows Darlene to do the things he does offensively. 
Uh, you need to find that for Owen Power. And I think when you do find that, you're going to see a different side of Owen Power offensively. And it's going to be fun to watch. I can tell you that right now. Like those goals you see with him on the doorstep, like you saw tonight, um, you are going to see a lot more of those, I think. So I, uh, again, it's, it, you know, it's fun to have these conversations right now because I would have never thought in a million years, if, if you would, if you would have told me that we've been having these conversations this time, you know, this season last year, I would have told her no way. There's no way we were this close to a playoff spot, still a rebuilding team. I would say by the trade deadline, we would be a team that would be like by like six to 10 points back on the outside looking in by the trade deadline. We could be a team that would be comfortably in a playoff spot, potentially a little bit less than a month away. So again, there's good decisions that got to be made by Kevin Adams. Um, and we're going to see what type of a GM he really is because I, uh, I, I, you know, I, 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 I don't see him being a full on buyer at the deadline, like full on buyer, but I see him making moves to the extent where it's like, okay, um, we're not, you know, we're going to take on maybe a bad contract, uh, against our cap, maybe find someone that you put on the LTIR, uh, which they've done in the past, uh, just literally have a contract, somebody has a bad contract that they want to get off their books, um, so that we can, we have the ability to put on our, uh, long-term injured reserve, a guy that'll never play for the Sabres, you know, whoever that'll be, I don't know. Um, because they do have $33 million in cap space or some, some crazy number like that. So there's opportunity there with your cap space. And this might be the last year you can do it because, um, you know, the cap is expected to go up and play teams aren't going to be fighting that flat cap anymore. That cap that hasn't gone up in a few years. So, um, yeah, this might be the last opportunity to do it for teams like you know, your Vegas's. Your uh, uh, your Tampa Bay Lightnings, you know teams that are up against the cap that might be willing to give you, uh, you know, a solid, solid, you know, a third, fourth line, a third, fourth line player that you know they need to get off their books, or maybe a, a defenseman that you could slot in ahead of Yoki Haru on your second line um, that maybe isn't cracking their top four because they're so stacked. Uh, you know, defensively, who knows who it is? Um, you know, I, I think there are plenty of options. And one thing, uh, you know, and I've, I've, I've had this conversation with a, f- a few uh, colleagues of mine when I coached last week is that, you know, championship teams are really built on their bottom six. As, as, mu- as important as your top six are, your bottom six are just as important because you need that depth scoring and a Stanley cup playoff run to get those 16 wins to win a Stanley cup. And you look at the blueprint teams, you look at, you know, I'll point to Tampa Bay uh, guys like Nick Paul, Blake Coleman, Barclay Goodrow uh, guys that, you know, filled roles for them in their bottom six. And um, for me, for me, it was, uh, Blake Coleman that one year. I know I think he's with with Calgary now, but he was absolutely dynamite for them that uh, that in that one cup run uh, when they won the Stanley Cup. Not obviously not last year before that. He was huge for them. He was a big reason. 
And then Nick Paul, who's still there. And then, you know, you know, again, uh, you know, Barkley Goodrow, who I believe still is with uh the Rangers. I know he signed a contract with the Rangers. Those those role role players in your bottom six, they're they're very, very, very important hockey players to your lineup. You look you look at um guys like JT Comfer uh in Colorado who play on the third, fourth line there. Guys who who fill fill a huge hole, fill, play a role in the bottom six and produce and provide that depth scoring. Um, so it's not always so top heavy. Um, you know, they, you know, those are honestly, those lines are just important to me as your top two and are the lines that help you win championships. So um, how often can you point to, you know, a game winning goal in the playoff score from one of your bottom six players, you know, when you're grinding out minutes, you know, especially in those long overtime periods in the playoffs, you know, those, those games are an absolute grind and the, the schedule in the playoffs is an absolute grind. And that's when teams tend to lean so heavy on rolling four lines because you almost have to in uh in a playoff run with how the schedule can be. It's that's why it's the most difficult trophy to win in all of sports. It really is. It really is. And that's why it's such a glorious looking trophy. So, uh, I'll uh, obviously replay this again tomorrow, you know, well, technically this morning, uh, maybe around 8 a.m. Um, again, I don't want to, you know, keep your guys' ear for too late here. But, again, you know, Sabres on a four-game winning streak uh, and couldn't have some uh, so many good things, especially off such a depressing weekend. You see the Bills' season end, especially the way it did, and the Sabres have been, like, a very good pick-me-up for the community. And, uh, you know, hopefully continue to be that, um, you know, I, I was joking around. I, I, I like to donate my hair, uh, specifically in memory of my mom who lost her life to lung brain, lung brain, bone and adrenal cancer. Uh, you know, back when I was 21 years old, I'm 35 now, but, uh, I was joking. It's like, yeah, it's the make the playoffs. I'll cut my hair, you know, but it, I mean, that's not really saying much cause it's pretty long and I probably plan on cutting it anyway soon regardless. But, um, yeah, I'll probably cut my hair if they make the playoffs uh, and donate it. So um, let's make the playoffs because I'm excited for that. I want to do that. So, And, uh, I, I again, this is just a fun and exciting team to watch. And I, I love watching Tage Tom. I love watching that top line every single line. I think they're the most dominant line in hockey right now. Uh, they, they're, they're seemingly unstoppable. Seemingly unstoppable. And, um it's nice to finally get the goaltending that we've been looking for for years. Um, you know, so you don't feel rushed when it's time when, when Devin Levi finally, finally signs at the end of the season and you don't feel rushed. Like you have to bring the guy in and start him games and get a good look at him. You can allow him to flourish down in Rochester and, you know, develop, uh, you know, at the pro level. And, you know, you have a guy like UPL who, at least for the time being, uh, can be the guy along with Craig Anderson and or Eric Comrie. However, that rotation seems to play out. We'll, we will see. And then, you know, at the trade deadline here, a little like less than a month away, just exciting to think of the potential of being a buyer for once um, and, you know, what that means and how Kevin Adams will play. Because this is a situation he hasn't been in yet. He has not been a buyer at the deadline yet. 
So we'll see what happens because you have used all of your first round draft picks over the last three years. You've had five first round draft picks in the last two years. Uh, Noah Oslin, Matthew Savoy, Yuri Kulik, uh, Isaac Rosine, and then obviously Owen Power at first overall. You, you've used them all. You know, you, the, the pipeline is plenty replenished. So with that being said, do you start trading either A, some of your assets, or B, draft picks, high-end draft picks, to make your team better now? And are you in the position to buy a rental, or are you, are you in the position to look for players that are either A, going to sign and, or sign and trade, or B, or trade and then resign immediately, or B, are you looking for players with still term left on their contracts, which would cost you a little bit more? Like, so I think, you know, not just because of the season he's having, uh, any team that would want Victor Olsen would cost him a little bit more because he does have term left on his contract. And for, you know, the amount of goals he's scoring, it's a team-friendly deal. So, um, and especially in a sport where a Buffalo might be even inclined to retain salary in that deal, that's why it would cost you a pretty penny for Victor Olsen. Because if you're getting a guy who, at the deadline can very well be knocking on the door of uh, 30 goals. Um, and you're having us retain half his salary. That's going to be cost you a pretty penny or, you know, fill, help us fill more holes that we currently have on our roster. Uh, we have some more comments here in the peanut gallery. UPL looks shaky. Upper glove side is his kryptonite. I don't know about that. He made a couple nice, had a couple nice glove saves tonight, but you know, again, I, I didn't notice it too much. Uh, but we'll, yeah, again, it's not, I don't think it's like a consistent thing in his game. Uh, Caleb Kurtz, uh, fellow goaltender, UPL just wins, very happy. Might not always be clean, but he wins. Yeah, I agree. Like, he lets stinkers in, he does. Like, we used to call, well, not me, I never called him this, but fans used to call Ryan Miller Mr. Softy. Trust me. UPL is no different. He's going to let stinkers in, 100%. He's going to let a meatball in here and there. But the biggest thing with Uko Pekalukinen is he makes those timely saves when you need a save. He did it tonight on that one breakaway. Like, he, he made he made a couple of huge saves uh, when Buffalo needed a save. And that's the difference. That's the big thing. It's not him going out there and pitching shutouts or you guys are winning, you know, Three to one, four to one, five to one. It's when you need him to make a save, he's making it. And that's the difference right now. Um, and that is not something we've seen in quite some time in Buffalo. Glad you remember me. I never messaged me back on Twitter. Go Sabres. Buddy, I, you know, in terms of messaging back, and I'll say this to everybody on Twitter, it, it's so like, it's such a shit show for me sometimes in my DMs. I There are so many DMs I still haven't answered from like weeks ago. So if I don't answer you uh, via DM and it's something that you want to talk about, you know, you want to reach out to me, um, I'm always willing to give my phone number out to anybody who wants to talk. Either just, you know, you need to talk, you know, person to person about your emotionally, about the Sabres, whatever it is, always willing to give the phone number out or you want to send me your phone number, I'll always shoot you a text. Sometimes Twitter DMs that those get a little flooded and I uh, I don't always get back and I apologize for that. So uh, Caleb, I apologize if I haven't gotten back to you yet. <laughs> Just messing. Around. I don't care. Yeah, but I care sometimes. So um, 
but yeah, again, UPL comes up with the save when you need one. Um, and uh, again, that's something Buffalo hasn't had in quite some time, uh, especially deep into the, deep into the game in the third period. Um, you know, you need those saves coming from your goaltender and you're getting them right now from both Craig Anderson and Uko Pekka Lukanen. Um, I love that twi- Twitter is toxic anyway. Absolutely. Send me your phone number. You know, we'll shoot the shit. And, you know, um, it's always better to get a hold of me away from social media, especially this week um, with the way Bill's Twitter has been. Um, you know, the toxicity of the last 24 hours. Uh, fuck Eli Apple, by the way. Anybody who th- wants to defend his uh, behavior right now on Twitter, I mean, I don't know how far your head is up your own ass, but, you know, get it out of there because – if anybody thinks that tweet he sent about, you know, oh, he can't coon on three. It's a saying in battle. Yeah, I totally understand that. But A, Eli Apple, and you can search it yourself, he has never tweeted that saying before now. And it just so happens the number three, who, which is DeMar Hamlin's number, coupled with him tweeting out that heart emoji, which he is also in the history of him having a social of Twitter, he has never tweeted that emoji before, before that tweet. So he has never tweeted both of those things. And he tweeted them together barely a week and a half removed from what happens to Mar Hamlin right in front of him. So if anybody wants their hat had so far up their own ass or has, can't, doesn't have the ability to use enough critical thinking to know that he did that intentionally throwing a shot at throwing a shot or shade at Demar Hamlin and the bills, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, you know, get your head out of the sand. Like, you have an asshole on your football team. He's an asshole. He's been an asshole anywhere he's played. He's an asshole in New York. He was an asshole in New Orleans. He was an asshole. Um, I want to say he was in Carolina. He he's not a he, he's been called a cancer in multiple locker rooms. Like, I don't know. And he gets burned out there for you guys too. So I don't know. Uh I, I don't know what to tell you if you actually want to give that guy of all guys the benefit of the doubt. He's a piece of shit. He is an absolute piece of shit. So, um, and I hope, uh, somebody slaps the shit out of him next year. Honest to God. I hope we're pumping them by three scores and then somebody, I, I don't condone this kind of stuff, but you know, if it's, that's if he's even on the Bengals, he may not even be on the team because he sucks. He's one of the worst starting corners in the league. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not even on the team. So I uh, I hope somebody just slaps the shit out of him next year, 100%, because he's a, he's an asshole. Uh, but, again, this is a hockey postgame show. We're talking about fun, exciting things. We're talking about the Buffalo Sabres on a four-game heater, not about Eli Apple and his antics on Twitter, which is making it a more toxic place. Uh, you know, predictions again, um, you know, in the comments section, your predictions for the rest of this road trip, will they pull out wins against both, uh, you know, Winnipeg and, and, and the wild. Um, I think, I think they take off, they take all this. I think they do a, have a clean sweep. I really do. Um, I, I think that they are just the way they're playing, the way how Granado has them moving their feet and the energy that they seem to be playing with. Um, if they can get away from if they can get away from these the sloppiness for 20 minutes at a time sometimes that allows these teams to get back into games 
they can get away from that and just play full 60 minutes of hockey, I can definitely see them, uh, you know, full on sw- having a sweep uh, on on this road trip, uh, which would be huge because you could we could be talking about this being a playoff team when they come back home on February 1st against the Carolina Hurricanes. So, and just imagine on February 21st, I believe I said that's what the date was when they come when they, the Leafs come to town. That game having like playoff seeding implications involved. Imagine that. Um, imagine that game being very, you know, you know, having implications on how you treat the trade deadline, you know, that bring on the Leafs. That's, that's the game I'm looking forward to, uh, just under a month away. Um, I, that's the game I have circled on my calendar because I want it so bad and I, I want to beat the piss out of the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, um, let's get there. But when we get there, let's be a comfortably into a playoff position. And let's be a team that's going to make it very difficult for Kevin Adams to not be a buyer at the deadline to, you know, make sure that this team comfortably goes to the playoffs and breaks an 11 year playoff drought. I, uh, I'm excited for that opportunity. So, um, with that being said, guys, uh, remember this one brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case over on Georgia Boulevard uh on Sabres game night and game Sabres game night only or for your Super Bowl parties get over to Outlet Liquor um it's the place to buy a case for all your adult beverages um and of course um give us a follow at two goalies one Mike at Dwayne S39 uh you know we'll come out with our next episode soon I believe we're on next episode 114 or 115 trying to get Andrew Peters on the show again you know he's a good friend but you guys always very, very busy. Um, and then we have other guests lined up too. And if not, it might be just me and Cully just shooting the shit talk about the Sabres. So make sure you tune in that. Follow us on YouTube if you like. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, always appreciate it when you do. Um, trying to grow our YouTube channel. So if you can get on there and just hit subscribe, uh, you'll get a notification every time we go live. And you can follow along. And like Caleb and like Mauricio and Robbie, you can leave a comment and I'll pull it up on the screen and we can cut and we can conversate on whatever's what, what whatever might happen to be on your mind. So I'll hang up and listen. You guys have yourself a great night. I will again replay this in the morning. And three words: Let's go, Sabers! Hey everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies One Mike, a show where we give you a behind the mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, hey Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. 
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.